Greetings, friends, and welcome to our new study of 1 Corinthians on living and growing in the gospel. If you're just joining us, we're studying through living and growing in the gospel, a study of 1 Corinthians, which you can find on the Setting Captives free website under Courses. As we reflect on this week's teaching from 1 Corinthians, it's prudent to consider what is of the utmost importance in our lives. What are you willing to commit to or take a stand on and hold fast to in your life? As you know, there are professing Christians worldwide who take their stand on so many different things, causes and charities and social issues, mask and va- vaccine mandates, abortion issues, personal rights, politics, etc. Now, with, with all these concerns clamoring for attention, it can be easy to lose sight of what is most important. Now, thankfully, God has told us in his word what is of primary importance and on which we should stand as Christians. According to 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel is of first importance. The gospel is what we are to receive, hold fast to, and where we are to take our stand. And because God loves us, he doesn't want us to be misled. And so he has defined the gospel for us. He has determined and declared what is of first importance to him and should be to us. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Now, there is a plague in the Christian church today, a pandemic of gospel confusion and misinformation. It has infected even the leadership of churches. I'm a member of an online pastor's forum, and just yesterday I read an example of this improper use of the word gospel from a pastor. He said the following, and I quote, The gospel is everything God is doing in the world today. As you can see, he missed the mark. With leadership who misuse the word gospel, it's not surprising that there's such confusion about the gospel in so many powerless churches. And sadly, what contributes to leaders who abandon the true definition of the gospel is that many people who hear it respond with, Oh, I already know the gospel. I learned it in kindergarten. I hope this study goes deeper. I need to move on to something of more substance. I want the meat of the word, not baby's milk. And that kind of attitude comes straight from Satan. We know this because 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us Satan wants to blind our minds to the gospel. Why is this his goal? Well, he knows that the message of the cross is the power of God for salvation and also for us who are being saved. 1 Corinthians 1.18 Satan can't stand us having all that power. And his goal is to keep us weak and enslaved to sin by convincing us that we don't need the message of the cross. 
But if we didn't need the message of the cross for salvation and spiritual growth and godly living, why did God put it in every book of the Bible as the central point? If we didn't need it, why did God call it the message of first importance? Oh my, we need to hear the good news of Christ's death for our sins and his victorious resurrection every day. By believing the gospel again today, we will have the spiritual power to overcome sin and Satan's temptations. Belief in the gospel enables us to be victorious over our flesh that craves drunkenness or gluttony or smoking, pornography, sexual impurity, unforgiveness, bitterness, sinful anger, unmet expectations, and disappointments. See, we have the power over even this legal spirit with which we're born. Yes, the message of the cross addresses every issue of life. We need it.